0: Happy Wednesday to you, everybody. Glad to have you aboard. Hi, this is Bob Rowe. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast for Wednesday, June the 16th, 2021. And on Wednesdays, what do we play, Chester? A mystery. Yes, we have a mystery. We've got a good one lined up today. Uh, One that's kind of historical, because it it, it actually uh, takes place... uh, Around a or in the setting, the setting is a, a very historical event that that happened before I was born, but it happened down in Galveston, Texas, or near Gal. Actually, in Texas City, Texas. If you've ever been down in the Houston area, you know as you leave Houston to go to Galveston, you you kind of go around the bay there, and. On that bend, I guess that's Texas City right there, and and there is all kinds of industry there, all kinds of refineries. It's much like when you leave uh, LAX Airport and go south toward Long Beach, my hometown, you pass by two different huge refineries. But in Texas, these are, of course, Houston is noted as an oil town. And so, anyway, there was a major, major explosion there in, uh, in I think it was 1947, early 1947. And what happened was a freighter came into the harbor filled with uh, that uh, night. Uh, what's the chemical that's a fertilizer that explodes? I can't think right off. But that's what he came in there with, filled with that, and, it's, uh, and it exploded. It, ammonium nitrate. Thank you, Chester. Ammonium nitrate. It exploded and set off a chain of explosions. And they say that the, the sky was just huge, black with smoke and flames, and it was scary times, and many, many people lost their lives. So that's going to be the background. For our story tonight And we'll tell you more about that in just a minute But what you need to do Is get yourself comfortable So I need you to get over there In that big easy chair Get your feet up And get yourself a little refreshment And just relax and unwind Because we're coming right back at you With this week's Old Time Radio Mystery
1: soldier only me she cried so when i left her it like to broke my heart and if i ever find her we never more will part she's the sweetest rose of color the soldier ever knew her eyes are bright as diamonds they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest may, Sing a rose of me, but the yellow rose
2: of Texas is the only one for me.
3: Tales of the Texas Rangers
0: get things started with an episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. This was the uh, 10th show in that series. That is the 10th episode. So this was from the first season, one we're listening to tonight. It was originally broadcast on NBC on September the 9th in 1950. It's a good one. Of course, it features Joel McRae as... um, as the, the Texas Ranger, we're reminded at the end of this one there was only 50 Texas Rangers. And in a span of, I, I forget what he says at the end of the show, 10 years or 15 years or something. Maybe it was less than that. They, they had uh, worked on 17,000 cases. Of course, covering that whole state of Texas. That, that's asking a lot, isn't it? I thought about that. Oh, Jace here talks about from time to time his family. And I thought, what family? They never see this guy. Uh, it seems like no matter where <laughs> no matter where he gets called in, he was just in the next county over. He was never home. But anyway, Joel McRae stars in this. This one, they don't give credits at the end, so I'm not too sure exactly who all of the featured players are in this one. There's some names I think I recognize, but I'm not going to guess. And then have you guys send me emails and tell me how stupid I am. No, you don't really do that. You don't. Well, yeah, I guess you do sometimes, but I appreciate them anyway. You can call me stupid. That's all right. Uh, Let me see. Anything else I need to tell you about this one? I guess not. So let's go. This is from September the 9th, 1950, Tales of the Texas Rangers, and the name of this one is Dead or Alive. Here it comes. (laughs)
3: Presenting Joel McRae as Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers. Authentic stories from their official files. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tonight's transcribed case, dead or alive.
4: At exactly 9.13 a.m. on Wednesday, April 16, 1947, the French freighter Grand Camp, carrying a highly explosive cargo of ammonium nitrate fertilizer, blew up in the harbor of Texas City, Texas. It was the first in a chain of explosions as chemical plants, tin smelters, and oil refineries disappeared in blasts and flame. Shortly after 1 a.m. the next morning, the major chain reaction was set off. The explosions rocking the city of Galveston, ten miles across the bay, where excited crowds gathered in the streets watching the raging, flame-pierced sky.
5: X-ray, X-ray, Texas City death toll, 300, hundreds more missing, scores of bodies unidentified. Paper, mister? Yeah, give me one.
6: Here. Read about it, unidentified death toll.
7: About it <laughs> where are the names, Vance? Where's the list of the dead? I
5: well, only got a few of them identified.
7: Well, is Ralph's name there?
5: Wait a minute. No, no, he's probably all right. Oh. A working square like him would be.
7: But he worked at one of the refineries. They're burning. Stop
5: blubbering. You want to attract attention to me?
7: No. No, Vance, no. But he is my brother. I got to worry about him, too, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Come on. Over here, into this doorway. Look at that blaze over there across the bay. What a spot to clean. Up. Money, jewelry must be laying around the streets. Just
7: but wait. Vince. Aren't you crazy? There'll be police there. Rangers, you're
5: in enough trouble now. Yeah. Yeah, Lily, you're right. But I'm getting out of it now for good. And that place over there is going to do it. Maybe your brother Ralph is one of the dead they haven't identified. Oh, you got to go there, baby. If he is, you'll have to identify him.
2: Oh. If he is there,
5: in with the ones they don't know. There's nothing you can do to help him. But you can help me.
7: Vance, what do you mean? Well,
5: if you find him there, baby, you can identify the body and say it's mine. You want me in the clear, don't you, baby? They won't be chasing after me if they think I'm dead, don't you see? But my own brother. What are you asking me to do? I'm asking you to do as you're told. If you want to walk out of me, go ahead. But if you don't, you're going to want me to keep on running for the rest of my life? (laughs) Or let them get me and send me to Huntsville for 10 to 20?
7: Oh, I don't want anything to happen to you, Vance. You know that.
5: Well, then show me, baby. Show me. You can't help Ralph. He's over there, but you can't help me, don't you see? I'll get out of here tonight, and I'll let you know when to meet me. Maybe at that resort place we passed near Lake Blue Water. It'll be free, baby, you and me, free from there on. But
7: how? What'll we do for money?
5: Uh, That'll be taken care of, too. There's a safe in Landstone. I've been itching to get at it for a long time. One last box job, baby, and enough to see us through. Uh Now, go ahead, right now. And remember, if you find your brother, he ain't Ralph Brenner, he's me, Vance Young. And come back, pack up, and stay put till so you hear from me. And then on its gravy. Nobody ever arrests a dead man.
4: By Friday morning, April 18th, more than 200 bodies, many still unidentified, were laid out in the Texas City High School gymnasium. Texas Rangers, including Ranger Jace Pearson, were on hand to help distraught relatives make identification.
2: <laughs>
8: You're sure your husband isn't at any of the other places where bodies are being held?
7: No, no, Rachel
8: he, he may be all right Lots of men have been so busy helping others, he, he may be one of those
7: Oh, if, if only he isn't
8: here Let's hope he isn't but The embalmers are still working on more bodies over at McGarr's garage mm. It's the only place handy Keep your hopes up, but don't hope too much for a while I, I,
7: I'll be
8: all right Might as well start looking through this next row now. They're they're pretty bad cases. Recognize anything on this one?
7: No.
3: This?
2: No. Come
8: am I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, ma'am. Are you sure?
7: That ring on his finger. I gave it to him a long time ago. Yeah, I know.
8: It isn't easy, but try and get a grip.
7: I'm all right, Ranger.
8: You better give me the name for the tag.
7: His name is... Uh,
2: Vance.
7: My husband, Vance Young.
8: Young, The name burned in my mind like a branding iron. There was no time to ask her, and yet I had to ask. It was part of my job. I waited until we got out into the street. There's some information I have to get from you, Mrs. Young, about your husband. All right. Did he... Did he have a criminal record?
7: Uh, Yes.
8: Did you know we were looking for him? For a string of safeguards? Oh,
7: does that matter now? He's dead, isn't he?
8: Yes, I am. I'm sorry, Mr. Young.
7: You'll find some men at the desks in that
8: building here. across the way. They'll help you with funeral arrangements.
2: All right.
3: Thank you
8: very much. Vance Young.
3: Chase! Hey,
8: Chase! Huh? Oh, hello, Kurtz. Captain Simpson wants us. Where is he? The mobile unit?
5: Let's go. Well, I'll be glad when this assignment is over. I hope we never see another one like it.
8: Yeah, I've helped with five identifications today. You stand there with somebody and see their life fall apart because of a freak accident. woman who just left you, she finds somebody? Yeah, her husband. Kurtz, it was Vance Young.
5: Vance Young? The knob knocker?
8: Yeah, looks like the explosion ended his case for our files. Don't you think we better check the body for Prince and Mark's? I oh, got it too badly. She identified him by a ring. Unidentified bodies give a knob knocker like Young a big chance to disappear. I thought of that, too. Except for one thing that woman's grief was real. She wasn't faking it. <laughs> week of horror and nightmares, till the fires in Texas City were controlled and stopped, and men with tight lips and grim courage started to rebuild the ruins. Most of us rangers went back to regular duty in our regular areas. Then one day, while Bud Kurtz and I had just finished a routine job and were driving back to headquarters, a call came through via short wave.
4: KTXA to Unit 10. KTXA to Unit 10.
8: Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
4: Unit 10 proceed immediately to Landstone, Texas, Arthur County. Safe of mercantile store burglarized there at 4 a.m. today. Crime reported by ONO when store opened at 9.30 a.m. this date.
8: Any lead on responsible subject?
4: Subject unidentified but known to be one man working alone, according to information given by Watchman. Watchman was overpowered, being treated at Landstone Emergency Hospital.
8: Units 10 and 6 proceeding to Landstone. We'll keep KTXA informed. Unit
4: 10, 10-4. Assignment Authority, Captain Stitson. KTXA, Austin.
8: Landstone, about 40 miles, Jase. Yeah. knob knocking job, huh? Yeah. At least, though, there's one safe specialist we can eliminate right from scratch on this one. Oh, Vance Young. Oh,
5: yeah, I almost forgot about him. Dead men don't rob safes, do they?
8: reached the Landstone Mercantile store at 1115, and Sheriff Joe Pastroni
5: showed us through. Uh, these back rooms are used for storage. He came in through the back, went through that door over there to the general office. That's where the safe is. How'd he
8: get into the building?
5: Forced the watchman to let him in. Watchman patrols this whole area, door shaker. He has keys to get into all the stores if he sees anything that looks funny.
8: Well, then he must have met the safe cracker outside.
5: Yeah, I guess so. Watchman was pretty dazed this morning. The doc is patching him up at the hospital. Deputy will drive him back here as soon as his head's fixed. Now, as you can see, been over everything for fingerprints. You find any? Sure, hundreds. They probably all belong to employees of the store.
8: Best bet is to check the prints on the safe first. Already did that. Only two sets. Owner of the
5: store and the bookkeeper. Well, that won't tell us anything, Jase, unless one of them robbed the store. is mm. isn't
8: likely. Better have a look at the safe now, Sheriff.
5: Sure thing. our last office back here. What make is a safe, Sheriff? It's a uh, Will Atlas, new model. It's a tough box, Jace Steel and wrought iron plates and more alarm wires and the marionette show. Yeah, but a good safe cracker could
8: divert the alarm circuit without tripping it. And the box is a cinch because he's got the wire holes to start working on. Here we are. You figured it, Jace. Backplate blown clean out. Yeah, and didn't even have to drill. Small nitro charges in the wire holes, and it was as good as having the combination.
5: Here's where he jumped the alarm circuit. Need hookup, all right. You take the pictures of all this, Sheriff? Yeah, I can pick up a set of my office if you like. Thanks. Oh, Winky. Uh,
9: howdy, Sheriff. Rangers.
5: have been waiting for you. Uh, this is a watchman. How's your head?
9: Uh, well, Ashburn ain't going to help it any, I'll tell you that. Uh, You're going to get the fella?
8: We'll be able to answer that better when the fingerprints are checked.
9: Fingerprints? He ain't gonna find any he left.
8: He was wearing gloves. Figure, Chase. Yeah. Tell me, Winky, would you recognize the man if you saw him again? Could you pick out his picture?
9: Yeah. If I had his picture took with a sack over his head, I could. That ain't likely.
8: You mean his face was covered?
9: Had a sack over his head, like I told you. Holes for the eyes. He ain't gonna catch him by no fingerprints or pictures. Maybe you ain't gonna catch him at all.
8: Oh, I wouldn't say that, Winky. As sheriff, would you mind going down to your office for prints of the pictures of the scene here? I'd like them sent on to my headquarters for an M.O. check. All right, sure, take
9: care of it right away. Uh, uh, what kind of check is an M.O. check, Ranger?
8: It means modus operandi, Winky. All criminals have definite methods and habits. They're repeated on each job
5: they do. Forms a pattern. Well, there's sure a pattern here, all right, Jace. Method of entry, where that circuit was jumped, sack mask, nitro charge in the wire holes. Yeah, and it fits
8: three men. Three safe-crackers we've followed before. Yeah, there's Bert Larkin.
5: He's still doing time in Folsom for a job he pulled on the coast.
8: Yeah. And the other two are Jack Fontaine and Vance Young.
5: Yeah, but Young is dead.
8: That leaves us Fontaine.
9: You, you mean you know who did it well, without nothing to tell you?
8: Mm, there's plenty to tell us. The modus operandi can be almost as good as a fingerprint or a signature.
9: I'll be winged. Maybe that fellow's going to pay off for slugging me after all for hurting my arm when he grabbed me in the alley there.
8: How'd he grab you? Show me. Go ahead, show me.
9: Uh, on you? Well, uh, let's see. He whipped my arm up behind me like this. Then he jabbed a thumb up behind my ear like this. <laughs> sure hurts, don't it?
8: Sure does. Well, you can let go now. Judo still fits Fontaine, Jason. Yeah. Or Vance Young. He used it too on other jobs. When did he slug you? Uh,
9: uh, after he, he made me open up the back door and let him in. You
8: mean he sneaked up on you before you could draw your gun?
9: I sneaked nothing. That's why I didn't get onto him at first. Heard him come walking through the alley toward me uh, like he's taking a shortcut. You heard him? Yeah, it was dark. So, so I didn't see the mask until I lit a match. He asked for a light, see? Then he grabbed me. And he got me inside here and. And beat on me and kicked me.
5: Chase, that doesn't sound
8: like Fontaine. It wasn't Fontaine. He always sneaked a watchman from behind, and they never heard him. He always wore sneakers. Well, then who? Vance Young. That match trick is Vance Young's. But Young is dead. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I know one thing. I'm gonna find out. Headed for Texas City in Galveston. Kurtz and I had no way to move until we knew for certain whether Vance Young was dead or alive. As we drove, I put through a request for headquarters to dig up some information. We were still on the road when KTXA came up with the answers. KTXA to Unit 10. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
4: Have information you requested woman who identified body of Vance Young in Texas City gave name as Lillian Young, residing at 410 Harbor Lane, Galveston.
8: Deceased was wearing ring used in identification. Has subject Lillian Young claimed ring?
4: No claim has been filed yet. Ring still being held at property claims in Texas City.
8: Unit 10 also requested check on place where body identified as Vance Young was originally found
4: body was among those recovered from debris of amalgamated refinery plant 7.
8: Unit 10 believes identification may have been falsified. Possibility Vance Young still alive. Units 10 and 6 continuing investigation. May be tied in with robbery in Landstone, Texas.
4: Proceed. Keep KDXA informed. Authority Captain Stinson.
8: Unit 10, 104.
4: Austin.
8: You get that address, Kurtz? Yeah. 410 Harbor Lane, Galveston. If we're right, she may have cleared out by now, but we've got to try it. What do you want me to do? I'll drop you at Texas City. Get that ring and check every living person who worked at Amalgamated. See if any of them remember that ring and the man who wore it. Right. i better call KTXA again and have that marriage record we'll traced. Find out when and where that woman married young, what her maiden name was, everything we can get. We'll be in Texas City in a couple of minutes. I can start we'll to check from there and bring me. the information to you where we meet. A Harbor Lane address in Galveston. I found the rooming house Lillian and Vance Young had lived in, but I was too late. Lillian Young had checked out the day before. The landlord showed me the room. They, uh, they lived here.
5: Five, six months, also. You get to know the husband very well? I'll tell you the truth, Ranger. I hardly ever saw him. Only time he ever left the place was at night. His wife said his eyes got hurt in the war or something. The, the sunlight bothered him. When did you see him last? When they moved out? No, no. He, he wasn't with her then. Last I saw him was, uh, oh, he went out about a week ago. Night of the big blast over at Texas City. Cracked the wall plaster here. Are you sure you didn't see him after that? Oh, I'm positive. I, I don't think he ever did come back. Didn't even hear no talking from the room, just... Just her, crying an awful lot.
8: I see. Did she decide to leave kind of sudden?
5: Oh, like a jackrabbit hearing a hound dog. Left for work yesterday morning, came steaming back by an hour later. Give me the keys, pack up, and left.
8: Came back from work? You know where she worked?
5: Yeah, yeah, she was a waitress. The, uh, Bayshore Diner. Bayshore Diner. Thanks.
4: you up and quit on it just like that yesterday morning, right smack in the middle of the breakfast rush, too, because the postman come in and give her a special delivery letter. Who is it from? Who is it from? With 20 orders of ham man
6: in the fire, I got time
4: to read a mail? All I know is she leaves me the serving, the dishes, and the cleaning, and oh, everything.
6: stop beefing, Chuck. That little old gal had trouble.
4: Yeah, yeah, you should talk.
6: All you've got to do is drive one cab. You don't have the serving and the dishes and the cleaning and everything. Why you don't find yourself a little old chaplain to hear your troubles and give me some coffee. Come on. Okay,
4: okay. Maybe you can tell a ranger more about Lil than I can. Hanging around her
6: making eyes at her all day. You took her out when she left here. Is that right, driver? Did she leave here with you? Well, she hired my cab, if that's what you mean.
8: Where'd you take her?
6: Well, I took her home, waited while she packed some things, then rushed her to the bus depot. She said somebody in her family was sick and she had to go help them right away. I guess that's what the letter was about. I was sitting here having my breakfast like I always do, and I... Yeah, I, yeah, I, t- I
8: understand. But what
6: about the bus depot? You know what bus she caught? Yeah. The northbound toward San Antone. Cut it mighty fine, too. Got there just about a minute before the bus pulled out. Would have made it a lot easier if she didn't make me come dashing back about a mile after we left here. Back here to the diner? No, back to the laundry down the street. Guess she had some stuff in there. Although, she didn't bring a bundle out with her. then on top of that, she says she can't pay me. Not that I'd mind, except for the ten extra blocks back to the laundry. I could have put the flag back up, as she told me beforehand.
8: You say the laundry's right down the street?
6: Yeah, about half a block.
8: Thanks. I'll walk down.
3: Hey, Jase!
5: Hi, Kurtz. Hello, fellow at the Roman house told me you came down
8: here. Yeah. Find out anything on that ring? Plenty. A couple of men who worked at Amalgamator recognized
5: it. Belonged to a plant man named Ralph Brenner. Then it wasn't Young's. No. I got that rundown on Young's wife. Her maiden name was Lillian Brenner. The guy she identified was her brother, not her husband.
8: Then that's why she was broken up. I knew that part wasn't an act. Come on. Where are we going? We're going into the laundry business.
2: Yeah, she was real upset because the things wasn't ready, but you know how it
7: was, Ranger. We was almost ten days behind because of Texas City. They was even using our delivery trucks for emergency over there. Some of our men left the job to help out.
8: Yeah, yeah, sure, but uh, what did she leave here? Waitress uniforms?
7: Oh, lands, no. Diner up there has a regular uniform service. All she ever left here was men's shirts.
5: Probably Vance's shirts, Chase. Yeah. Uh,
7: Real good shirts, too, Ranger. The kind you don't have to starch at all. And real of fancy colors, too. Dude wouldn't want to be found dead in some of them.
8: Did she say she'd be back to pick them up?
7: Oh, no. She, she asked me to send them to her, C.O.D. Said she needed the money she had on her for traveling. Shirts like that you'd think her and a man was living off the top of the hog, but... Sure,
8: she... sure, but, uh, did she give you an address?
7: Oh, yeah, I got it right here in this book. Hmm... Um, right here. She she wrote it down herself.
5: General delivery, Lake Bluewater. Uh,
7: The shirts are ready now. I'm going to mail them out tonight when I leave.
8: We'll save you the trouble. Wrap them up, and we'll deliver them for you. Kurtz and I headed for Lake Bluewater, towing our horses in a trailer, ready to follow Vance Young no matter which way he moved. It was dark as we drove into the town. The clock on the courthouse was just striking nine. Not many people on the streets, Jase. Looks like everything's closed up for the night except for the movie and the drugstore. Better find a place and turn in. I think we ought to drive out of town, camp someplace off the lakeshore, walk the horses out for a while.
5: I thought we were going to plant that laundry bundle at the post office in the morning, watch for a pickup. We are. Well, why not pasture the horses
8: at the edge of town, find accommodations right here? If we stay in town overnight, it may start some talk. Talk drifts. We don't want to tip our hands. I guess you're right. Well, let's get out to the lake and find a campsite.
5: Uh, Funny thing about Young's wife
8: remembering his shirts. Guess it's force of habit for a woman. Strong thing, Habit. His safe-cracking habits told us he was still alive. And now maybe her habits are going to make him wish he was dead again. took the road for the lake, past the summer cottages skirting the shore on one side of it. Then, as we rounded a curve and passed a house and a group of resort cabins, I spotted something. Hey, hey, hey Jace, what's the matter? I saw something. Wait till I back up. Headlights picked it up as we came around this
5: curve. There. Look at those. All I see is the back of a few cabins, some wash on the line. Look at
8: those two shirts on the end of the line.
5: <laughs> look like a couple of rainbows, even in this light.
8: Hey. That's the kind of color scheme Vance Young goes in for. Shirts we have in the laundry bundle are just like those. Lights on in a few of the cabins. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the car here while we have a look at those shirts. Horse trailer will make too much of a racket if we drive in. Yeah, no chance of being taken for tourists with that on the back. Better cut the motor and douse the headlights. Yeah, what was the laundry mark on those shirts we've got? 410, Mark. That was the number of their house in Galveston. Come on. Let's see if we can find it on that line. And close the car doors easy. Right, right. Take one of them down so we can get a better look at it. What's the matter? Close pin stuck. There. I got it. Hold it low to the ground. I'll cut my hand over the flashlight. Good. There it is. 410. These belong to our boy, all right. Quite a few cabins, Jase. He's in one of them. That's all we have to know. Come on. Start with this end cabin and go right on down the line. We better be ready for anything. Here's the first stop.
5: Dark, Jase. Yeah, you have to feel your way around. Mm, doesn't seem to be anybody
8: living here. Ah, this one's empty. Now, let's move. All right, you.
5: What? Hey, what? Put that flash out before I fire. No, no. no. Well, Rangers, I, I'll put it out. That's better. Who are you? Uh, name's uh, Ed Bullock. I own these cabins. Uh, just walking back from the boat dock with a couple of guests. Saw you sneaking in the dark. You, uh, you looking for a place to stay?
8: No. We're looking for a couple named
5: Young. Oh, well, that's funny. It was Mr. Young who spotted your shadows. Hey, Mr. Young. Was that Young just with you? Yeah. Oh. Uh, him and his wife was right behind me when I flashed light in here. They spotted yeah. us, Jace. Yeah. Come on. Hey, head to my boat. Somebody started my boat. Is that the
8: only boat you got down
5: there? Only one with a motor. There's a canoe. We're not going to reach
8: them, Jase. They'll head across the lake. How far is it, Bullock? A mile and a half. Kurtz, grab your horse from the trailer. You can beat him around to the far side if you ride hard. When you get there, flash your light. That'll keep him from trying the shore over there. Right. What about you? I'm taking the canoe. And hurry.
5: We'll get him. Uh, uh, Ranger, I better go up, uh, back to the office. My wife... You heard. can
8: faint later, Mr. Bullock. Right now, I need you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going out in the canoe. Flash your light from this shore. They'll think I'm here and they won't dare land on either side. But make sure you don't turn the light on me in this canoe. All right, Bullock. Turn your light on as soon as I get out in the open water. I paddled a canoe toward the center of the lake. Kurtz beat the Youngs around to the opposite shore, and I could still hear their motor when I saw the beam of Kurtz's light. The Youngs saw it, too. The beam wasn't strong enough to reach them, but I heard the boat in a turn, and the motor came back toward me for a moment. And it went dead on the dark water.
7: What'd you stop the motor for, Vance?
5: Shut up. They're waiting for us on each shore. But their lights don't reach us.
7: Thanks. we gotta get out of will here. Will you shut
5: up and let me think? There's a little wind. The boat will drift to the far end of the lake.
7: But that's so slow. Well, what do you
5: want me to do? I can't swim like you can. Well, why can't you use the oars? Because the oarlocks squeak, stupid. They'd hear him. Yeah, there's only two of them. They can't cover the whole shore. Gee,
7: Vance, it's so dark.
5: And I... Hey, I hear something. What? Something in the water. You're crazy. Can't you see the lights on the shore?
7: Well, thanks. I do hear something.
5: I see it. It's a canoe. What? Don't move, young. I'm coming into your boat. What? You? I'll drain you with the sword. Look
2: out! Don't ah, the boat. Ah, ah. to... <laughs> Help!
3: <coughs> Help! <coughs> Let go of me! Let go! Go!
2: Hey, have you, uh, have you got him? He, uh, he can't swim. Where he's
8: going, it won't matter. Uh, grab on to the canoe and kick for shore. I got a nice dry shirt waiting for him.
4: Convicted of robbing a safe in the mercantile store, Vance Young, on the basis of his previous record, was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville.
8: This is Joel McRae. Many of our listeners, particularly in Texas, recall these cases we've been dramatizing and some listeners have sent in questions about the Rangers. Yes, it's true. There are only 50 Texas Rangers. And to show you how busy these Rangers are, from 1946 to 1948 the Rangers handled nearly 17,000 cases. With Texas as big as it is, that means they cover about four times greater area per man than any other police officer in the world. Next week, we'll have another authentic story I believe you'll enjoy very much. Like the others, it's based on their official files, adding further glory to the Rangers. Hope you'll be listening. Good night.
3: Next week, Joel McCray and another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Mercott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking.
8: Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Your Saturday hour of fun begins in four weeks. You'll hear Judy Canova and this young man.
6: Hello, everybody. This is Dennis Day. On October 7th, I'll be starting a new season on the air. There'll be fun for all, lots of music and laughs. So join us for our opening show October 7th over your favorite NBC station.
8: Yes, beginning October 7th, here Dennis Day, then Judy Canova,
5: in an hour of fun on NBC. Three chimes mean good times on NBC.
0: From September the 9th, 1950, that was Joel McCrae. As Jace Pearson, Texas Ranger, in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Name of that episode was Dead or Alive. I always like hearing shows from September because they're always talking about new shows that are going to be debuting uh, or at least coming back. And in this one, they talked about Dennis Day, which was always kind of unique because Jack Benny, by this time, was associated with CBS and uh, uh, Dennis Day was over on NBC. And, of course, he still did both shows. And I guess that wasn't uncommon. Phil Harris did that for a while, I believe. Uh, and they tell stories about how they used to have to run from one studio uh, to the next. There on near Sunset and Vine, of course, where NBC was. And CBS was just, uh, I guess, about a block away. There was some, Oh, Judy Canova. I, I was not a Judy Canova fan. And I know her show was pretty popular. And some people say that she was sort of the, you know, I mean, the great female comedian, the Fanny Bryce, the Lucille Ball, that sort of thing. I don't know. I just never cared for her. I remember uh, thinking, oh, I love that name, Judy Canova. This was when I first started getting into old time radio. And everyone said she was funny. You know, she played that hillbilly character. Mm, Just didn't care for it. Sorry. So you will not hear Judy Canova played uh, played on this show. But Obviously somebody liked her she ran had a good pretty good run there for a number of years
9: <laughs> I just can't get enough of these.
0: What was that, Chester? Why, why did you just play that? Just just having some fun. <sighs> Chester is just, uh, <laughs> just having some fun with us. All right. By the way, I did recognize Gerald Moore's voice there. He played the bad guy. I think uh, he played a couple roles in that one, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a couple other voices I think I recognize, but I, I won't say because, like I said, I don't want to get a bunch of cards in here, or not cards, emails saying, uh, you know, I'm a total idiot. But uh, Hal Gibney was the announcer for many, many years on Tales of the Texas Ranger. So we'll give him a credit, and we'll give uh, Joel McRae a credit. And we will give, uh, it sounded like Tom Tully in there, too, if I'm not mistaken. But, well, now I did what I said I wasn't going to do. One other thing. Um, He said that in two years' time, they handle 17,000 cases. Now, that's 50 rangers. Now, I am no mathematician. However, even me, with my simpleton brain can figure out that 50 goes into 17,340 times. So that means if they had 340 cases each for each ranger over a two-year period of time, well, two years would be 365, 365, would be uh, uh, 700, what, 720-some-odd days. 340. So you'd have to handle a case in two days, approximately two days, right, to get it handled. And uh, with these guys running all over creation constantly, not only that, but they're pulling horse trailers. You know, uh, Scar is, uh, isn't that the name of his horse, Scar? He's in a trailer back there, and Jay's is pulling him all over Texas. So that's, that's a lot. Sometimes some of the statistics they threw out on this show uh, always kind of amaze me. Uh, but, and, and the other thing that, that now I love the show, by the way, I love the show. But the fact that uh, Texas, the Texas Rangers is the oldest law enforcement agency in the United States, I mean, like older than the Boston Police Department. Older than... I don't know. I guess I could look that one up. So, next time we play a Texas Ranger, I'll have that answer for you. If that is true or false. A hit or a miss. (laughs) ¶¶ Well, folks, when it comes to uh, Wednesday, uh, June the 16th, 2021, that is all there is. There ain't no more. We're so glad that you came along and spent a little time with us today. If you come back tomorrow, when you come back, tomorrow, we will have a wonderful old time radio west. And uh, tomorrow, I think we're scheduled to have another episode of Gunsmoke. Is that right, Chester? That is correct. Yes, sir, he says. Yes, sir, Mr. Bob, that is correct. So come back tomorrow. We'll have an episode of Gunsmoke. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to go out tonight with a couple of songs from 1950, which is when this show, uh, this Tales of the Texas Rangers, was originally broadcast. And we've got uh, two of them. One is from a a singer by the name of uh, Eve Young, who I really wasn't familiar with. And it's... Called Silver Dollar, or the Silver Dollar, and uh, it's kind of a clever tune. I, I've never heard it before, but in the middle, right in the middle, all of a sudden they go to an organ. <laughs> all a, I was, I was back as a kid at a skating rink. See if it doesn't affect you the same way. But it's a cute song, and then since uh, the subject is silver, we have a. a, a the next song is entitled Quicksilver. And, you know, there, there was an episode, Chester, of Tales of the Texas Rangers called Quicksilver. I should have saved this song for then. Oh, well. Anyway, it's titled Quicksilver, and it's by Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters. So they were still very popular and going strong in 1950. This is Bob Broke. So glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. See you tomorrow.
10: man she's got Until she turns him down. Down, 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 down,
1: down Listen,
10: my honey Listen to me I want you to understand bo-boom, bo-boom. That as a silver dollar Goes from hand to hand So a woman goes from Man to man A woman goes from Man to man A man without a woman Is like a ship Without a sail or a boat without a rudder, or a fish without a tail. A man without a woman is like a wreck upon the sand. But there's one thing worse in the universe, that's a woman. Right. I said a woman, so
1: right.
10: a woman without a man.
2: Throw away a silver dollar, all you're out
1: is a buck. But lose the man you're loving, and you're out of luck. Throw around your money, keep your arms around your honey. Don't you ever turn a good man down, down, down. Never turn a good man down.
10: She's got until she turns him down, down, down,
1: down, down. down. Listen,
10: my honey, listen to me. I want you to understand that as a silver dollar goes from hand to hand, so a woman goes from man to man, a woman goes from man to man. Just throw
1: throw a a silver dollar down down
10: upon the ground, ground, but never, never, never never turn a gold.
1: Away, I dream you're mine And then as quick as Quick silver All my dreams Are led astray
10: I keep chasing you Till I'm facing you And embracing you With all your charms With
1: all your charms And you slip through My fingers just like Quick silver into someone else's eyes Seems
10: like I am having trouble with you And I don't know what I'm gonna do Seems like you're fickle Fickle as can be And your fickle ways have got me up.
1: You're your as hard to hold as quicksilver when, when you
10: kiss
2: and, and run away
10: I, I dream
1: day. you're mine and then I dream quick your
10: mind. quick as Quicksilver, all,
1: all my dreams
10: are led astray I keep chasing
1: chasin you, you
10: till I'm facing, facing you, you And embracing you,
1: and embracing you. With all your charms Then you slip through my fingers Just right like through. quick silver Right into right in someone else's quick Silver, wig, silver into, into someone's eyes Chasing, chasing you, you till I'm facing you,
10: facing you,
1: and embracing you.
10: embracing
1: you, with all your charms, then you slip through my fingers just like quick silver right into someone else's, silver, quick silver, into someone's arms.